episode 77 of Digital Digital Get Down. Which is now a pregnancy podcast. It is not. No? No. I had so much material. So, so much material? You're not even the pregnant one. <laughs> I should probably read that book sometime. Yeah. Mm. You're read the baby books? <gasps> you love Knocked Up. I love quoting that line from Knocked Up. <laughs> Do you think Knocked Up is like the most played um, syndicated movie of all time? For a while, um, I felt like it was on all the time. On basic cable? Aside from Harry Potter weekends. True. And they definitely go in streaks. I mean, you can watch Pretty Woman any night of the week. I'm fine with that. Sweet Home Alabama's been on a lot lately. I went through that, that phase with, uh, what was my favorite movie for a week? The dancing one? Dirty, Dirty Dancing. Dan- the dancing one. Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Watched that a couple times in a row. Yeah. Um, Am I a wife guy? I'm very concerned about this. We looked it up and you still don't know what it means, though. Mm, the internet people can't explain it to me, no. I thought it meant more like an Instagram, like a social media presence that's based on your wife. Like a married Instagram boyfriend. Uh, kind of, but like you don't have anything going on in your life. Your whole social media is just about how great your wife is or about how great her life is. But I don't get like whether that's successful or not. Are there really that many of these people who run Instagrams just about their know. wives? Most of the Instagrams that I follow are either cats mm-hmm. or um, people who travel with their children. It baffles me. I just started following. This person followed me first because Ooh. I follow like team follow back because I follow like two people that are like families with traveling. Like God, the hashtag is at it work. Always, yeah, mm. they always are like, she liked that post, so maybe she'll like mine. Mm. But this person's called Twins on the Go times two. She has two sets what? of twins. Two sets of twins, naturally. Quads? Two sets of twins. And her life is insane. I do not know how you could have two sets of twins and do all the traveling that they do. Right now, they're like moving to Singapore with two sets of twins. OMG. And the, there's like, the older twins are like two and a half. And then the younger twins are like one. It's insane. I am pretty much a wife guy, though. Like, anytime there's a lull in any conversation I'm with someone alone, I go, uh, my wife's a teacher. And that sustains, like, a good half hour of conversation. I don't think, but see, like, you're not uh, doing that out of the goodness of your heart or because you love talking about me. You're doing that oh, no. for desperation. Absolutely. I think you're using me. That's the opposite of a wife guy. Okay. You're like using me to get out of boring conversations. Yeah, fuck those wife guys. Okay. Um, we just finished our, what, third, fourth rewatch of Parks and Rec? Oh, I think I've only seen the whole thing like twice through. Definitely, this is at least our third. No, I mean, I'm, I remember watching re-watch. the first, se- the last season live. And We've then I think I. rewatched it once since then. Yes, we did. Mm. This is our second rewatch. So our third, yeah, our third right. full watch, aside from like watching the flu season one a bunch of times and watching it on TV. But I'm feeling a lot of emotions about it right now. Yeah. I also watched the season finale of Dairy Girls. Oh boy. Which is a show that terrifies you. Especially without closed captions on. I usually am against captions because I then read it instead of watching or listening and it irritates me. I did have to turn the closed captions on for this show. I feel like you could graph my level of enjoyment of a TV show with how little I require closed captions. Like Parks and Rec, all the actors speak very, very clear. The script is very, very clear. There are never any questions. Okay. But so much of Netflix originals, I'm just like, oh, what? So what? I think with Dairy Girls, for me, it's the accent that I'm not used to because it's a very Northern Ireland accent. I'm from Dairy. I know this. (laughs) Sure. So for me, I I know what you're talking about when there are shows where they just like mumble the whole time mm-hmm. and like it seems like part of the intrigue I hate part atmospheric, is the, atmospheric mumbling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, what did you just say? I, I can't even <laughs> feel suspenseful because I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Dairy Girls is just very strange accents. Yeah. Um, it's a real weird show, but I really enjoyed it. It's um, very short. The first season is six episodes, like 20 minute episodes. Mm-hmm. And then the second season just came out like this week or last week. Um, and so I watched the second season. Very strange. Mm-hmm. Um, just like really over the top. But like the stuff they do is like so stupid. Like the situations they get themselves into are mm-hmm. very like. Um, is it like Ireland's broad city? Is that the comparison? Um, but it, they're in high school. Okay. So it's more just like, I don't know what a good, good uh, comparison is. 
kind of like Broad City, but like like high school down. So Got it. Broad City and not, Scam combined in yeah, Ireland. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's not like very sexual necessarily. Like Broad City was a lot of just like. Nudie What's the one that you're watching with? They're having sex all the time. Sex education. Oh, that one was very sexual. That tracks. That tracks. A lot less funny. Very long. Um, could have been a movie instead of a TV show. This is my new pet peeve, mm -hmm. is that people think that, like, TV show is, like, the medium right We're now. We're still in the golden age. Never ended. Never it started. It did end. Because all of these things could have been a movie. I would like, love that job to have people at studios come to me and be like, Bennett, which one? We don't know what to movie. do. Uh, sex Education very much should have been a movie. Too long. Like... Some of the plot points were intriguing, and they had some really good side characters and some really good like B and C plots. Yeah, so Using long. Lingo. It was like eight or ten episodes of like full hour episodes, and just like there's no need for this basic plot to be this long. Mm -hmm. You know that movie with Anton Yelchin? Um, yes. Rest in peace. Charlie something. The one where he like deals drugs. Yeah. It was like that. Right. Except instead of dealing drugs, he was like uh, dealing. Therapy advice. That movie was so fun. That movie was an hour and forty minutes. Yeah, this was like ten show. hours of TV. So picture that movie and try to picture them dragging it out for like ten hours. I know. Idea. That's the crazy My part when you think of it like that. That like no one would ever sit down and watch a ten-hour no. movie. And the other one that's bogging me about that lately is Four Weddings on Hulu. Uh huh. It's supposed to be a remake of Four Weddings and a Funeral. Uh huh. And it's by Mindy Kaling, and it's got, like, a diverse cast, and it's got, um, that guy, that's the one I was watching with the guy from You're the Worst. Yeah. Um, and then there's also the girl the from, the girl from Game of Thrones, um, the black girl, Missante, that got killed and everyone was upset. I remember. That could be anybody, but, um. I remember. And that is based on a movie mm. that has now been turned into a TV show. Yep. The only good thing about this one is that it's weekly, even though it's on Hulu. Okay. So, there at least, Mindy Kaling respects me and respects the genre. Some appointment viewing. And is at least trying to space it out because it really does feel like a 10 hour long movie when you can just keep pressing next, next, next. And then you feel like, that's why I don't like binging shows. I feel it's pressure to keep I really watching. wish that Netflix would bring us in for a focus group because I would have thoughts. I know. I have some things on my list, but I'm not, like, I, they're not new they're not old. I don't know what they are, but I'm not, like, inspired also, to like, click them. Also, like, your app is terrible. Also, yeah. uh, it's too overwhelming. Half the time There's I... There's never been a good smart TV app. Half the time I just history. flip through and I'm like, I don't know what I want to watch, and then I don't watch anything. I watched a full... John Mulaney special. I watched, aside from John Mulaney, <laughs> I watched a full day of tennis the other day when I wasn't feeling good. I knew you weren't feeling well. Because I couldn't decide what to watch, and I was too overwhelmed by it. Should we talk about the humidifier fever? I guess we have to do a quick PSA. PSA, literally public service announcement for your health. Mm. If you haven't used your humidifier in like a number of months, mm -hmm. do not just pour tap water into it and turn it on because it will try to kill you. Yep. I had these horrible symptoms. I thought it was just weird pregnancy symptoms because my body just does weird shit all the fucking time now. So I was like, wow, this baby's like really up in my lungs today. Like mm -hmm. I can't breathe. I'm feeling really like lethargic. I don't feel good. My muscles feel kind of funny. I just, like, don't feel right. I had no energy. I, like, I just had no appetite, which was, like, back to fucking the first four months of this pregnancy where I just was nauseous all the time. And I was like, what the hell? This is terrible. And then... I limped home from work, and I was like, my butt muscles and my leg muscles are not working today. Yeah, and you're like, and I kept coughing. Yeah. And I'm like, those are my symptoms. What's happening? Mm-hmm. Googled, 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 trying to I figure did, out what I was different. I deduced it. I Sherlock Holmes that You were bitch. like... We turned our humidifier on. And I was like, no, that was too nice ago, honey. That wasn't last night. It was also affecting your memory as yes. well. Yes. Turns out it was last night. Turns out humidifier fever, or there's another name for it too, is like a legitimate thing mm -hmm. where like if there's uh, like bacteria or like gross mold. particles, like molds, or even just like buildup from your tap water mm -hmm. in your humidifier and it like puts it onto all in the air in the room, it can, like, make you sick. Like, it gets into your lungs. And one of the, like, every single symptom was what I had. And one of the biggest ones that you keep teasing me about was malaise, <laughs> which is, like, you just don't feel good. It's, like, the adult version of colic. Colic, yes. Um, don't want to be inflicted with adult colic. Yeah, just, which is basically depression. malaise. But it wasn't, it's not depression. Because I sometimes have that, too. But this was different. This was just, like, I don't feel right. Um, 
And then the next day, we like moved the humidifier wherever you stash. I'm never it. telling you where where it is. You need to clean it out. We're gonna need to use it in the clean winter. Um, and the next day I felt per- perfectly fine. I woke up and I was like, the sun is shining, the birds mm-hmm. are singing, I have energy, I'm hungry. <sighs> okay. That was. It's been an ordeal. That was some bad news. It's been an ordeal. Um, you mentioned watching tennis, which so is both goodness. a good news and bad news for me mm-hmm. because Comcast. No, I don't care about that. <laughs> the face you just made for um, Because Comcast randomly added Tennis Channel mm-hmm. to our service. They spend the whole time trying to get you to pay for the fancy, fancy Tennis Channel. Correct. So much of that. Um, I mean, Comcast doesn't alert you when they change channels. I just happened to scroll past and I was like, oh, it's working. Um, anyways, so that's nice because it shows pretty much every tournament, whereas you only see the majors pretty much on... ESPN and so forth. I both like and dislike their like red zone style coverage. Yeah. They have this like um, style coverage where they jump around between matches, right. which sometimes I like because I'm like one tennis match when it's like four hours long. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. But I didn't like it when I was trying to watch Rafa because I, I, I care about, I don't really care about good tennis. Mm-hmm. I care about a select few tennis players right. that I will dedicate some time to like check on right in but the background. their producers are worried about showing you the most pivotal tennis and just like the most interesting at the moment which Correct. is why i was calling it red zone like not that there's a exactly right about scoring that. zone like there is in football but it's like any like a good tiebreaker or if it's a close um set or there whatever you go. these are words had to pause for a second <laughs> if it's a close set in my head i was like oh, game set match game yeah. set match game set match um so they were switching it, but I kept being confused because I was like, this was during my humidifier de- illness day. And I would be like laying on the couch, like half napping. And I'd look up and I'd be like, what the fuck? What happened to Rafa? Part of it was that it was mm. a rain delay. And it, they were not clear that there were two separate cities that the tournaments were on that they were flipping between. The Rogers Cup is a very confusing tournament because, yes, they send the men and women both to Canada, but in two large cities that are not very close to one no, another. No, the men were in Montreal and the women were in Toronto. And I kept, I'd be like, what happened to Rafa? And I'd Google it. It'd be like rain delayed. I'd look up and it's bright fucking sunshine on the screen with the women. And I was yes. so confused. Well, did you hear what happened today? So that Monfils match got rain delayed until today and he won, but hurt himself. And he was supposed to play Rafa as of two hours ago. He would have had like an hour and a half off and he had to retire. And now the guy that he lost to doesn't get to play Rafa. Whereas if he had retired Rafa earlier. Wins? Yeah, he gets in the finals tomorrow. That's bullshit for Monfils. Because That's not his fault that it rains. These smaller tournaments don't have any roofs at all. A lot don't. I um, thought you were just going to say they don't have any time. And they have to squish it into a week. So yeah. you, you, already, you already play once per day. And then if you have a rainout, you play twice in one day. Yikes. But anyways, the bad news is that I'm already admittedly getting a little burned out. Thank God. We're only in the second week of this U.S. Open series. How many weeks out of how many? There's Cincinnati next week and then the U.S. Open for two weeks. Well, I'm just glad that... I like it as background TV. It's fine, but it's it's very repetitive, which is probably the most obvious thing I've ever stated. Yes. There's just only so many camera angles you can have on tennis. I'm not going to say this very much, hmm. but if... if all day tennis is what I had to look forward to if I were to stay home for longer. Yeah. I'm a little bit glad that you'd get a summer job. You would yeah. get a summer job. No, I'm just saying that there's not a lot else over. on. Not a lot else no, on. No, I, I found that out. You know what is on? I'm gonna keep going. Okay. Fucking Jeremy Renner commercials. Is that your bad news? I have very rare but strong feelings about certain actors. Paul Giamatti. Never want to see his face again. Zero yeah, interest. Not one of those like I want to punch you kind of. Faces. Just like, wh- how did you become a Hollywood actor? Because typecast. Because you need that asshole dude. Jeremy Renner. Same for me. Don't find well, him attractive. He is an asshole too. Jeremy Don't Renner. find his shtick appealing. Hawkeye. What a non. Plays the same character no matter what movie he's in. I just don't understand what that commercial is for. Is it for just like music in general? It's is for, it for Jeeps. Jeeps? It's it for, for Apple Music. It for it's Apple for music? Jeremy Renner. Now a music artist? Does he need the cash? Unclear. His career is afloat because he's in the same guy's movies all the time, correct? With a... And he shows up as Hawkeye and just has to look serious and like pull back a bone arrow. My family's dead. But maybe they're not. Maybe I'm the one that's dead. Anyways, that commercial needs to go. How come when you have good commercials, a la Darren Chris, you get them for days? I need you, Nacho Fries. You're the love of my life. Um... My good news was you describing this last book you read. 
you giving <laughs> you giving me these daily updates, I knew I was never going to want or need to read this book, but I it was a roller coaster. I believe you're referring to the animators. That's the one. Tell the people about this it. book was bizarre. It was actually a very compelling book. Um, I enjoyed it. I think I gave it like a B or a B plus, but it was so unlike the description in the in in the inside. What do I'm going to bring it? this back to our book discussion. And later, unlike but... the cover, true. So the cover. I'm described for you here. Mm-hmm. Picture this. It audio is... only podcast, so you're doing, you're doing well. <laughs> I'm glad it's audio only. Teachers in the summer don't shower very often. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> um, it's this cover. It's uh, has that when your old TV would go staticky with the different colored bars. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the top part. The bottom is like a, a road, like a road trip type of scene. Okay. But it's real bright colors. Yep. And it's like the animators across it in white font. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, cool. This seems kind of funky. It's like about TV or something. Maybe Probably like the people behind Pixar trip. or something. Yeah, the mm. inside is like, there's this girl, uh, Sharon, and she meets this other girl, Mel, in college. And there they become like this perfect partnership of oh, animation. Oh, it's like a comedy. And they move to New York City together and work really, really hard for a bunch of years. And they finally achieve some success. But then all of these... Um, People from Sharon's past kind of start to pop up and and interfere, and it's like, what's going to happen with her and Mel? I'm like, cool. This is going to be like all about female friendship, like evolving as you turn into adults and get into your 20s and 30s, and um, sounds really great. None of that happens. <laughs> uh, the first part of that synopsis happens in about 40 pages. <laughs> There's like literally one chapter about her going to college. One chapter about them meeting and becoming friends. Mm -hmm. And like one chapter about their lives in New York. And then all of a sudden they're famous and have won this grant, like genius grant for animation. Mm -hmm. And then like the next part begins. Then the main character has a stroke. In her 20s. In like, she's like 30, I think. Okay. Or late 20s. I also have no idea what decade this book was supposed to be in because there's some modern stuff mm. and some not modern stuff. And like it was kind Sounds of described lazy. as them being my age. Did they have smartphones? Yes. Mm. It was kind of described as them being my age, but like a lot of their references were like much older than me. Mm. It was very confusing in that part too. But yeah, so she like has a stroke and then spends the middle of the book like recovering from having a stroke. And then they decide to start writing their next movie about Sharon's life because their first movie was about Mel's life. And then she finds out that, like, her dad might not really be her dad and that this guy who she was best friends with when she was little, she kind of starts, like, getting back together with him but then finds out he might be her half-brother. It was, like, (laughs) it was bizarre. It was very compelling but very dark. Like, the tone was really, like, dark. Like, everyone is fucked up from their traumatic Mm. childhoods everyone's addicted to drugs like it was very gritty yeah that's a good word for it which does not match when you look at the cover no or when you read the description the description is like how does this female friendship change and fun they're animators and inside the book it's like stroke drug addiction this one's mother gets shanked to death in prison (laughs) this one i'm serious this one's best friend from childhood his dad was like a a child pornographer like it is Mm. It is bizarre. I think I would have enjoyed it a little bit more if, like... You knew what you were getting into? The opposite. If I had never read the... Is this the author? This alternate cover also looks silly. Right? It looks like Brad City. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same one. Different cover. Must be the paperback cover. Huh. Like, I wish someone had just, like, put this book on my Kindle and not told me what it was about and not showed me the cover... And was just like, hey, read this book. And I think I would have enjoyed it, not going, not having any expectations. But when you have a certain cover and like a certain type of synopsis, mm-hmm. you have some expectations going in. I didn't You're have heaps ju- of expectations. You judged the book by its cover? I, I did judge the book by its cover. Mm-hmm. So I still enjoy it, enjoyed it. But for the majority of the book, I was just so perplexed by the um, incong- incongruity of like the, mm. how, what I was expecting and what it kind of looked like it was going to be. And then what the tone of it actually was. Wow. Very weird. So not that it was a bad <sighs> book, I just did not expect that out of it. Okay. I assume one of your good news is the uh, 
the thought I woke up to this morning in terms of my book selections moving forward. It wasn't going to be, but tell, tell the people what you said this morning. Uh, I believe the quote was, I'm only reading YA from now on and you're picking every book I ever read again. Yeah, so the next books that you're reading are going to be um, The Rest of the Story by Sarah Dessen. Yep. Red, White, and Royal Blue, Sign Casey McQuiston. Just reread that book this week to get me out of a little bit of a slump. Still amazing. Mm. And then, oh, The Flat Share. Yep. So expect those books on some upcoming podcasts. Plus a book where... Red, White, and Royal Blue is N.A. for the record. Right. New adult, not young adult. Got it. They're in their 20s. Plus, I'm going to throw in that book with a killer whale as the protagonist. Yeah, narrator. I bought you a very weird sci-fi book just because it has a cool orca on the cover. Mm -hmm. um, will you go get that so we can I can read the dramatically read the synopsis for, sure. for the people? Because I think it's hilarious. Okay. You're also sitting next to a pillow. All right, so here's the back cover summary of this book. An epic tale of a quest for a new way of life on Earth told by an orca. <laughs> when Arjuna of the Blue Arya family encounters three signs of cataclysm, he leaves his home in the Arctic Ocean to seek out the idiot gods and ask us why we are destroying the world. But the whale's ancient song of life is beyond our understanding, and we know nothing of the great covenant between our kinds. Arjuna is captured, starved, tortured, and made to do tricks in a tiny pool at Sea Circus. As the whale's beloved ocean turns toward the blood solstice, the fate of humanity hangs in the balance. For if Arjuna gains the voice of death, he could destroy mankind. I'm guessing that the idiot gods might be the humans. Maybe, but it mm. seems like it's we, so it's the perspective of the idiot gods. But and it's then the whale Orca. gets a stroke. <laughs> no. No. That wasn't a synopsis of the other one either, though, <laughs> so who knows? Um... Just none of these sentences seem to connect to each other. Oh, it's going to be fabulous. It's going to be bizarre. Yeah. Um, but the cover is really cool. But yeah, my latest malaise with literary fiction was thanks to Sir Mark Haddon of uh, Curious Dog in the Incident of the Night. Also cetacean-themed. Hmm? The porpoise. True. Uh, but that was a boat. But yes, mm. I read The Porpoise. I think we talked about it because it was like... The one time an airport has had a good, yes, good like paperback purchasing deal. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was not a good book. Um. A spot of bother is still my favorite of his, but he seems intent on straying away from things that worked. Just so. doing weird shit because he sold enough of his other books, I guess. Yeah, that's fair enough. I can't really blame him, but I in these cases I usually blame the editor because I don't think you could have read that book from cover to cover and gone. Yep, this is the final product we need print. to do. Yeah. yeah, the zombie William Shakespeare like needs to be in there. Needs to have sketches of that. And yes, it's okay to have the second half of the book be about a character that is not in the first half of the book. Correct. Um, that was not my good news. Okay. My good news is a mean good news. Okay. Perkins has uh, filed for bankruptcy. The, the breakfast joint. The breakfast joint has filed for bankruptcy. Never liked them. Okay. And I don't feel bad. It's because they didn't have a gluten-free or vegan menu, they clearly. They had literally nothing that I could eat, like, except for ice. Wow. So, don't feel bad. I did not know this. Um, my hatred for it, or that they filed for bankruptcy? Oh, I knew you hated it. Yeah. They're also just everywhere here in Minnesota. They're like the Denny's of Minnesota. This is true. Um, my bad news is this article. Not really even an article. It's one of those things, like, one person wrote it, and instead of it just being shared a few times, it, like, became, like, a clickbait thing. Yeah about this one woman's rant on Facebook about childless millennials going to Disney World. Child, okay. And about how these, like, you know, 20 and 30-something people that go to Disney World without any kids mm -hmm. are, like, ruining it for the families that go there because they don't have children screaming at them and they make the lines to get pretzels and ice cream too long so that the kids who are there do scream at uh -huh. those parents. It was just very bizarre. It came off very, um, the person who wrote the rant, it came off like very jealous of your life choices kind of thing. Of sure. like, I have to drag my kid around here <laughs> and you get to be in front of me wearing booty shorts eating ice cream by yourself. How dare you? <laughs> um, but it's just bullshit. Like, if you enjoyed Disney World, go to Disney World. It's probably more fun without children. I'm sure someday we'll go with our children. Mm -hmm. And it'll be less fun than when we went with just our friends. Probably. Still the best time was probably in high school. It was, ma we it was magical. It was magical. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just like let people enjoy things. And just because you are upset with your life choices and having a bad day, don't take it on other people. There's enough hate in the world right now. Wise words. So should we do a quick 
Advertisement? I have one more bad oh, news. Oh, bad news. Okay. Uh, well, it's good news and a bad news. Okay. Um, NBA 2K mm-hmm. for 2K20 mm-hmm. is going to have WNBA players in it. Okay. Why is that bad news? That's the good part. Okay. Because uh, I think that would be like the first like mainstream sports game. I have a tennis game that has women in it. I was just about to say that. But it's that. a terrible game. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in terms of the major four sports, for sure, at least. Is it going to be like, uh, I was going to say mixed doubles. It's not tennis. You can probably gonna... do a fantasy league with all. But anyways. Can you play like Leslie Jones against like Le- LeBron James? Um, so yeah, this would be the bad news. This is what internet men have done. Oh, the internet. Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. So they are. Because they're still pissy, being pissy little babies about Gamergate and all that. Yeah. So that community has. Instead of trying to make them look sexy, they just made them into sexist women. I think that's right. <sighs> okay. Okay. Now we can do our advertisement. Book digits. B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S. Dot com. It is a really cool book website where you can keep track of your to-read list. You can see your achievements for the year and see how you match up against other people. You can join personally, us in the Diamond Club. Personally, I'm in Red Diamond Club, and I'm also at the top of the it's recent month It's just Diamond Club. Too. You don't have to feel bad if you're only at Blue Diamond I'm like me. It's totally lists. fine. I'm on top of both the lists right now. Um, that's all going to change when I go back to school and then when we have a baby, but I'm going to enjoy it for now. Baby books. I can put kids' books on there. Yeah. Every time I read a good bad, bedtime story, <laughs> it's go on there. Yep. One point. Um, I'm also going to do a new segment. Should I save it for the end and we should get to some things? Or... Um, uh, do you have bits lined up nope. or are you just going to ad lib? I think we better do it at the end. Okay. It could be terrible okay. then. <laughs> we can cut it out if it's bad then. Yeah. I was worried it was going to be ad lib. Okay. <laughs> That's how it's funniest. <laughs> okay. So, we are going to... Murray, what are we talking about? We're going to skip over two things uh, that yes. we were going to talk about, like, months ago, and that I just don't even remember anymore. Mm-hmm. We're going to skip over single parents. I can do that in 30 seconds, and I hope you can do the book in 30 seconds. Um, okay. Yeah? Sure. Single parents is um, new girl for adults. Which I finally, halfway through the season, decided to reveal to you that it was by Elizabeth Merriweather. So it was literally New Girl, but with slightly older. The plot is the New Girl plot. I wrote that. That was like my one note yes. where he gets the um, like country club girlfriend who tries to change him or whatever. Mystery Senorita. Yeah. Um, so it had some moments like good New Girl episodes had. Mm-hmm. It had some pointless plots also. And the kids were not that funny. No, I was thinking in hindsight, would I have enjoyed it more or less knowing that we had a little a little one on the way? Um, I don't think it would have really changed it. Would have affected it. I can't, because we don't have like a elementary school kid yet. Yeah. Mr. Jebediah Atkins, Atkinson, whatever his name mm-hmm. was, um, grew on me th- for sure. Yeah, I think his acting also, he like settled into the role a little bit as I went yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, Taryn Killam, I'm saying. Yeah. Um... And yeah, I think clearly this showrunner can do will they, won't they plots for one season, but I'm like what terrified of what yeah. what she'll try to fill season two in. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's worth yeah. a watch for just like a easy. Also, the everyone loves everybody loves Raymond guy grew on me too, which I yeah. at the beginning I was like I'm gonna this hate dude. all yeah. of his his arcs. I watched it for Leighton Meester. Yeah, didn't know the, that was her till halfway girl, through. Uh, yeah. Fan She's in pretty here. hot in it. Um, I think it's worth a watch for like a network. Is it network? It's network. Like yeah. a network sitcom, twenty minutes commitment. Yep. It was cute enough and enough laugh moments. Yep. Um, the skies everywhere is a book that uh, I kind of, I didn't make you read. You forced on me. Yeah. I suggested it's it not on you because it's also it was consensual. It was also by Jandy Nelson, author of I'll Give You the Sun. Loved it. We talked about it in this podcast, which. A rarity. We both loved it. Gave it an A. We both gave it an A. So, the skies everywhere. I don't know if it was before or after. I'll give you this. Definitely before. Must have been before. Yeah, no. it lines up like much that. more juvenile. Uh, some weird experimental like poetry and stuff that didn't always work. Yeah, it didn't land. And a kind of poorly done romance where the, love triangle. The, the love triangle, but the author skews the love triangle so much towards the good love interest that yeah. you like hate the main girl 
because of like the shit that she's pulling in her part in the love triangle. Correct. Yeah. And then by the time they get together at the end, you're like, he deserves better than her. Yeah. And I know grief makes you do fucked up things, and there was a lot going That's on in the that theme family. Of it, yeah. But as a reader, you're still like, girl, don't do that. Yeah. So there was still some. It was very cliche written. Yeah. But there were still some genuine heartfelt moments that you can definitely see how this author then built to I'll Give You the Sun because there were some very earned, like, emotional moments. I was going to say, moments. you can see how she steps up her game, but I don't, I think you can skip straight to the good one. I would too. After rereading The Skies Everywhere, I think skip straight to I'll Give You the Sun. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you have recently gone through a loss or like reading about people o- overcoming grief and kind of fucked up families and a little bit of like magic here and there. Yeah. Um, but if those things aren't jumping out to you, skip it and go straight to I'll Give You the Sun. All right, that's it. See you guys later. Oh, we had to do a whole episode still. Yeah, so that was our fast forward of those two. Uh, The ones that are slightly more topical. Yep. Still bind. Hot off the press. (laughs) We are going to average starting with the movie. We're going to talk about 1992's Aladdin. We're going to talk about 2019's Aladdin. Return of Jafar. Oh. Return of CGI. Yep. Um, I think it's been said in this podcast that I swore I would never see The Lion King. You the are, new Lion King. You are locked into that, yeah. I have. I you have said not you wavered, wavered on that. You said you wavered one I day. I wavered almost. one time, mostly wavered because of Billy Eichner. Yeah. Saw a short clip of him as Timon. He sounds exactly like John Mulaney in it. It's really weird. Yeah, there is some crossover there. Like the kind of inflections of their voice that yep. they do are similar. She drove me here a little bit. Um, but no, I don't want to see it. That's fine. I want to run a social experiment and have our son or daughter no. be like, tell them, this is The Lion King. This is the movie you've heard so much about. Vito. What do you think? No. Oh, if we have two kids, can we do it? Maybe. Show them each one of them and have them compare and be like, did we see the same movie? Maybe. Oh, that'd be awesome. Okay. We're still working on kid number one. Let's let's work on that first. Mm. Um, so we're going to talk about the Aladdin live action remake. That's the one. Which I went back and forth, probably if you follow on, on this podcast, you've heard me go back and forth about it pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. Every time there's a new promo, I'd be like, I'm in. And then I'd be like, no, nah, I'm out again. And then I'd be like, I'm in. Yep. So, in the end, it was somewhere in between the two. Um, it was fine for an afternoon for an $8 movie. It was... The actors and actresses were fine. I found um, her friend that from SNL. Nassim Petra. I found her a bit off-putting. Uh, she was hilarious in the movie, but yeah, her character was ridiculous that it, it existed in the first place. And yeah. that the genie got a love... I had seen some bad reviews that were like, I can't believe the genie got a love arc. And I was like, they're pulling my leg. Mm-mm. They're pulling my leg. Not only did he get a love arc, it's the intro, like the prologue and the epilogue. Yes. Is based on the genie and their love interest. Yeah. Um... So, the main Jasmine girl, I really liked her. Naomi she's Scott. Hot. She was... She's got a good voice. She's yeah. hot. She was de- decent acting. She was worth the price of admission. Um, she did a lot of just kind of haughty, like, oh, I'm a princess kind of faces. Right. She had her feminist but motifs, though. There was the whole different song that was not super well written, but a whole song Proud they Proud of your no, they, boy. they smartly cut that one out, but they had, like... I was just going to start singing the zombie one. I'm going to stand tall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was she like that. Her anthem, it was yeah. like that. She had her anthem, like Rachel Platten fight song kind of thing. Yeah. I don't even remember it now. Man, these costumes, though. Um, I give the costumes a high grade. The sets were as bad as I expected. Costumes, high grade. Acting, a decent yeah. grade. I was fine with the Aladdin dude. He wasn't, like, amazing, but I was fine with yeah. him. Will Smith... I went back and forth with. Did not bug me as much as I thought. He didn't bug me as much as I thought, but I also wasn't like, oh, he was perfect for it. Mm, I don't know if no. he really needed the Will Smith draw. No, um, I mean, he was basically doing an imitation of the Broadway guys. Like, most of the time yeah, I felt true. like I was seeing uh, a reenactment of the Broadway version. True, because the Broadway version is always like a big black dude doing the genie. Yep. So it's true. It was a little bit more nod to the Broadway version without pulling in the terrible Proud of Your Boy song. Um, Part of your boy. <laughs> um, that song let me down. It wasn't long enough. It didn't do. Yeah, Jafar was just a little bit. They tried to give him a little bit more of a backstory, but he still seemed really one-dimensional, and that works for a cartoon. It didn't really work for the way they tried to flesh out this story. Yeah. Um, 
I also felt a little bit let down by some of the song and dance numbers. And I think that's because like, you can't beat the animation of a friend like me right. when you're trying to make it live action. And I think that can be described yeah. with the entire Lion King movie from what I heard. Is that like the Lion King like songs like like uh, Just Can't Wait to Be King. Yeah. It's so fantastical and ridiculous that trying to make it realistic. The, yeah. And same thing with um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Like, mm -hmm. And that's how I felt a little bit about some of the Aladdin songs. Like, But Friend Like Me was like a terrific number on stage. It like was. you're able to do it. I know it's a different medium, obviously. Same thing with Prince Ali. <laughs> That, like, parade could have been so cool in CGI. Yeah. And if you looked, like, in the background or at the dancers, they were just like, one, two, yeah. three, four. Like, they didn't give you the sense of, like, motion and parade and this huge crowd and things happening. No. It, it, it was It felt like it was boring. shot on a studio set. Yeah, it did not feel like this really big, outrageous, over-the-top number. The whole point of that is that... That scene is that it's ridiculous. The genie just yeah. goes way overboard and he's got 10,000 llamas and whatever. It the... was the same feeling I got from the Be, Be Our Guest in uh, the Emma Watson one mm -hmm. where it was just like, there's just a bunch of plates it's floating. Just, it just looks very 2D. Yeah. Like, yeah. Just nothing's happening. Like, there's not a lot of depth and not a lot of motion. Hmm. Um, and even A Whole New World, it was fine. But I didn't, like, yeah. it didn't give me the... Happy floaty. Magic carpet feeling. was good. Magic Solid. Magic carpet was fine. Abu was fine. Yeah. I would say it ranks maybe around the same as the Jungle Book live action. Maybe a little bit higher. Yeah. In terms of like, they did it. It was a CGI. It was fine. Mm -hmm. I would say maybe, or maybe a little bit higher than Jungle Book and about the same as Beauty and the Beast for me. Yeah. Okay. Because I think the new Beauty and the Beast, same thing, like some... Decent acting and some new stuff that they added that was good, but overall, like, not as good as the original. I think that's a good way to sum it up. So, well, that's it. That's it. Okay. Are we going to talk about our book now? Let's talk about a book of the week. Children of the books. Children of the books. Uh, we are talking about The Marrow Thieves yep. by Sherry, Cheryl. I'm going to pull it up. Okay. Um... I would pronounce it Sherry, Sherry Demoline. Demoline. Demoline, yeah. So, oh, there's no ratings. Oh boy, book two just oh, letting gosh. us down. It's Gotta call the creators. It's a do. So, The Marrow Thieves is described as a dystopian, future dystopian novel, uh, a little bit like Hands May Tale esque. A little but... bit. I'm going to cut in for a second because okay. I feel, felt like this book. Gave me the same sense that you were talking about with the animators. Okay. Where, not to the same degree that I didn't match up. I guess my biggest issue with this book is that I was like floored by the synopsis and mm -hmm. the pitch of it. And I didn't feel like the book delivered what that okay. promised. Like the synopsis was better than the book. It was. That was my favorite part of the book was the back material. Yeah. And like thinking about what it could be like. Yeah. So the premise of it is that it is a dystopian North America centered around Native Americans who are basically being persecuted and are on the run from the U.S. government. I think I should just read this part okay. pretty quick. Humanity has nearly destroyed its world through global warming, but now an even greater evil lurks. The indigenous people of North America are being hunted and harvested for their bone marrow, which carries the key to recovering something the rest of the population has lost, the ability to dream. In this dark world, Frenchie and his companions struggle to survive as they make their way up north to the old lands. For now, survival means staying hidden. But what they don't know is that one of them holds the secret to defeating the Marrow Thieves. I'm not sure that last sentence is true. Um, but anyways, the entire three hundred the entire three hundred page oh yeah the entire three hundred page book is basically that second to last sentence. Struggle to survive as they make their way up north. Like you don't really see them at the beginning. They sort of get to their destination at the end, but there's the entire book is just an in-transit thing with not a Deathly lot Hallows of... Deathly camping. Yeah, that's a good way of saying <laughs> that's it. That's why you didn't like Deathly Hallows, because a good quarter of the book was them camping out. Yeah. And on the run, and like there's yeah. this vague threat, but like you're, there's not that much urgency, and there's yeah. not... It's just kind of wasting time and trying to stay alive. Right. My biggest issue was partially that. My biggest issue was the pacing. Mm. There, I think the author really struggled to balance the 
like current narrative with flashbacks mm-hmm. and there was like different flashback like times it wasn't all flashbacks to one time yeah and the flashbacks would often be longer than the current narrative chapters mm-hmm. so it's like do you want to just write that past book or do you want to write this current book like it didn't mm-hmm. seem like and the book was very short yeah i think that like once again a good editor here would have helped her develop the current plot line and flesh that out more so there was more action happening and more um relationships between the characters and more action in the current timeline i very rarely lobby for a book to be longer but in this case specifically with this genre of you know post-apocalyptic dystopian you need to explain what the hell happened in the past how were these people affected? How were the other? How were the enemies affected? Mm-hmm. How did they get to where they are? Why does it even matter that much if they can't dream? That's the thing. Is looking back, I'm like, yeah, that, that wasn't even a question. Like, I assumed I was getting into some Inception level shit where they were like, we're gonna hijack dreams, or, or we like, need to dream to survive, or, or like something. they have no imagination. That's different than dream. Yeah, you know, like their creativity like, is they, gone. Yeah, they can't imagine anything that's not happening in front of them. But it seems like very high stakes for white people wanting to dream. Which, as a white person, sure, white people do some fucked up shit when they're in power. Yeah. Look at what's happening in the U.S. right now. Um, but. It seems like not high enough stakes for being killed and persecuted. Right. Like, Handmaid's Tale works because of its of how it shows the the terrible situation. But they but doesn't she also like shed light maybe I'm just remembering the T V show she more, but about yeah, the flashbacks and showing you like what the evil people are. And like the are. descent into evil. Yeah, that. the descent That's what I'm into into the apocalyptic yeah. event. Um, this one, I just, I know that storytelling is very important to most indigenous cultures, but this one, it felt like there would be like six pages of current narrative mm-hmm. and then six chapters of storytelling. And then you'd come back to the current narrative and you'd be like, what's, where even are we now? Who's yeah. even talking? Yeah. Like it did not balance very well. And that's why I think, I actually don't think the flashbacks and the storytelling part were the problem. Mm-hmm. I think not having enough in the current plot line to to like move the plot along and give it a sense of urgency was the problem. And the book was only like 200 pages long. Like it should have been, once again, I don't always vote for a longer book either. A lot mm-hmm. of times we're talking about why books should have been shorter. But in this case, I think this, the flashbacks and the storytelling part were maybe where the author had the most fleshed out ideas and the most content mm-hmm. and wasn't able to fill up the current plot line enough. And I think if it had been 100 pages longer and you stuck 20 pages here, 20 pages here of current plot line to move their, like, give it a bit more urgency and give the reader more of a rooted sense in the current timeline, that it would have helped balance out the past stuff. Is this the N.K. Jemison template or am I simplifying it? I think you're simplifying it a little bit. That was one thing I didn't like about, was it the fifth season? Yeah. Where it's like, you can tell she's built... A really complex, interesting, dystopian world, but these authors almost seem like they're fighting against, like, giving you the details of it because they want to be like, at the end of the day, humans still be humans, and we're going to talk about this shit, which is fine. Like, it's interesting to tell a human story in a different setting, but if you're going to put it in a really cool setting, like, I want to hear about that. Yeah. This book redeemed itself a little bit for me towards the end with some of the um, kind of character twists. Yeah, you get some... Um, You get some good character twists. You get some good action that's squished towards the end. I just wish she had built the middle out a little bit more. Uh, And I think that would have... It just dragged so much in the middle. Mm -hmm. There was so much storytelling and hardly anything happening in the present tense. And I was just so bored by it. Mm -hmm. And that, like, the beginning is really interesting because it talks about how the main character kind of falls in with the group that he ends up meeting. And then you have the new group dynamics. The ending is interesting because there's a different group dynamics and some people are alive that you think aren't alive. And um, there's a rescue mission and there's some good twists. And in the middle, it's just so draggy. The pacing is just really, really off. And there were some parts that were really good about this. I still think... uh, I'm glad that I read it because I think the indigenous perspective on dystopia is 
very interesting and something that there needs to be more of. Like, there's so much, like, white person perspective on dystopia, but as we're seeing in the U.S. right now, it's not the white people that are persecuted, generally. Not the straight white men, whatever. Yeah. Um, Or even straight white women as much that are persecuted. It's the brown people. It's the black people. it's, It's the marginalized people. So there definitely should be more dystopia written about those people because they're the ones that end up more likely to be in danger. This is the same refrain we've hit on a bunch of times, which is that keep writing this stuff so that we don't feel guilty about... Not liking the ones that aren't not, that good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I would I would love to read something else by this author because there were some really good parts. Uh, and like I said, some good character reveals, some good storytelling, but it just didn't all come together very well in this book. Yeah. If she were to write a different dystopian book with like a, a little bit of a different twist or a different plot on it... I would be interested to read it because I think she has a really cool perspective and I think an important perspective, but Mm -hmm. this book just didn't come together for me. Okay. We're doing pretty well on time. You're welcome, world. (laughs) World. That's ambitious. Oh, well, we have our last segment coming up after our our upcoming. Yeah, we'll do our upcoming next. I only have a couple, actually. I just have one, which is a common game we play on on this show, which is... How many seasons of the 100 did we watch? <laughs> it's going to have season seven, and it's going to be the final season. Did we watch three, or did we watch four? Pretty sure we watched four. I would like to go back and re-watch it sometime, speaking of dystopian. We did this another time, I know, but the first, there was one season before they got to the hotel thing. Yes, the second season was all inside the bunker. Yeah. Then there was the third season. One of them was where the gay character died and everyone freaked out. There was the girl. third season when they were trying to get to, like, the promised the land, city of light. right? And then... I think we watched four, yeah. There was the other season where they end up, like, finding this city of light, but then it's a cult? Well, it's like the AI robot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, either three or four. Moving I don't know on. if those last two were combined. Next! Um, with the fire on high, is getting a movie adaptation? Uh, it probably got optioned. Got option for a movie adaptation? Mm, okay. There's a lot of options out um, there. I'm going to save the commentary for that for a future podcast. Yep. Uh, some weird remakes coming up. Home Alone. Saw the headlines, didn't click them. Why does that need a remake? It would not work nowadays. Get on your cell phone. <laughs> Cheaper by the Dozen remake. Wasn't mm. that good to begin with? I don't know well, why. that was already a remake. It was a remake. Got it. The remake's getting a remake. Got it. Will they get Hillary Duff again is the question. Um, and the book that I'm currently reading, but I still can't pronounce. Circe. Circe? Mm-hmm. That just makes me think of Game of Thrones, but it's, it's spelled differently. Yeah, the same name. Circe? Whatever. Um, is getting an eight-episode HBO series. Okay. So far, don't find that necessary. Written by D.B. Weiss and Mark Benoff, <laughs> whatever his Probably. Um, so far, I'm about halfway through, and I can't imagine that being four TV episodes, because not a fuck ton has happened. Oh my gosh, but, you are savage. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's basically just going to be like Greek mythology uh, spark notes. Yeah. That was my other biggest takeaway from reading the Mark Haddon book, which is that I feel like too many authors are taking for granted that everyone loves ancient Greece. Mm-hmm. So you didn't have an ancient Greek space? Of course, but you move on. Yeah. That's like making every book you write about horses because there about, were a lot of horse girls. Or about Egypt. Everyone has an Egypt yeah. face too. I fucking put things in a jar. Like I had to come home and be like, Mom, we need to make something that looks like eyeballs in a jar. We dissected frogs and then mummified them. Yep. Yeah. Man. Um, that was my last upcoming. So that means we're on to our bonus episode. Bonus segments. This is something you've been asking me to do for a while. Yep. I don't have a, a bit, but I'm just going to... This gonna, is in honor of Parks and Rec ending. Look at this front cover headline. I'm just going to say it. So, every season, every quarter, I'd say, yep. we get a a, Parks and Rec- a local Parks and Recreation catalog. Yep. There was a whole episode about Parks and Rec about picking the cover photo for this. Yes, Not this, true. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Gotcha. their version of it. Yeah. Um, so, maybe it's a Midwest thing. Yeah, must, they must be what they're playing off um, of. The cover for this one... It's four old bald white men, <laughs> and the caption is, looking for men and women to join the men's shed. The men's shed. <laughs> the men's shed. Come on, she shed covered. 
So this is just some sort of like... Um, These are the community programs community that programs are on tap. That are on tap. Autumn basket. Okay. Basket weaving? Felted flowers. Okay. What's the hot topic there? Which one? Hot topic. Introduction to night photography. Night photography. Good luck. I thought you were going to say girls night out beginning soap making. Get a flash. Oh, yeah, can I go to the soap one? I, oh, no, I want to make candles. I forgot. Hot Topic, Romantic Dance for Two. They just copied and pasted this Hot Topic <laughs> everywhere. Shake Your Groove Fang, Line Dance for Weddings, Uptown Funk Line Dance. There's no way these actually Grab happen. Grab some friends and enjoy an hour of fun, funky, in quotes, moves to the energetic Bruno Mars song. That oh, the entire class is the, is nope. <laughs> the entire class is Uptown Funk. It's Bruno Mars. Um, line Dance, a tribute it's to Aretha It's fucking featuring Frank. Bruno Mars. He's not even the named artist. Line Dance, tribute to Aretha Franklin. So, oh. for that. Because um, that's what she wanted in her... Tibetan Dance Adult Legacy. Fitness. T what? <laughs> Tibetan Dance Adult Fitness. Oh, oh, get to the language ones. These ones are usually good. Um, Performing on Broadway, they think they're going to get Just for the fun of it, it says. Um, Low Intermediate Spanish. I could sign up for that. What are we going to get up to on that? You have to know more than 200 Spanish verbs. Do you know more than 200 what? Spanish Low to Intermediate? <laughs> yes. Um, present tense verbs. And you're ready to learn preterite and imperfect tense. Comer... E comprer. You have to be approved by the instructor. Oh my gosh. This yes. is giving me nightmares back to college. Truffle candies for all occasions. Yes. Yeast spreads one. <gasps> you should do that I should teach that. Um, I made my own pizza last night. You did. It was good. It was pretty good. You don't sound very convinced. Life after baby. Maybe we should do that one. Mm. It's only one session. They're not free though. Climbing your family tree. Hmm. Essential oils. Essential oils. No, that's not the most midlife crisis thing. Scam proof your life. Scam proof your life. Let's see. Mm. Volunteer medical drivers needed. Just a little advertisement there. Learning to dance in the rain while living with a chronic illness. Dance in the rain? Yeah. Abdominal strengthers, strengtheners that won't that won't make you get on the floor. How many sessions of hand yoga do they have? Um, just one. Okay. Talking about death won't kill you. Hmm. Actors in the White House, the Reagans. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> They're really pushing the C.S. Lewis ones. C.S. Lewis stories. I Smartphone basics one. Oh, it's for the old people. There's no, there's no level two. There is, there is a level two. Slightly more advanced than smartphone basics. Do you have basics. to get uh, approval? Approval. No, bring your own smartphone. Though. <laughs> um, let's see. Daytime personal interest. Mm. Foot care clinic. Stitch and chat. The men's shed. Here it is. Activities include working on projects, local outings, and friendly conversation. Men's shed. Well, well, that was certainly enthralling for everyone. I hope. I think it was. We won't read all the children's ones as well. Pickleball lessons for adults. Pickleball lessons? <laughs> for adults. For adults? Defense tournament. There's either defensive drivers yeah. or pickleball, pickleball lessons. lessons. Honey, you have to sign up for a wine class this year. And then the rest options. of the, the portfolio is upside printed upside down. <laughs> adult, it's for the Roseville School of Dance and Adult Fitness League's chair yoga. Mm -hmm. Room ball. Here's pickleball and driver. Why do they keep putting pickleball and, and defensive driving together? Hmm. Well, we are in store for a fun fall. Fun-filled fall. A fun-filled fall. Thank you, Parks and Recreation. Okay. Let us know if you liked our new segment. That's it, folks. Otherwise, we will see you again next week. We've got some good stuff lined up for the next couple weeks if we can uh, if we can keep keep it regular. Adios. Bye.